City Current Media, this is Doing Good, a show about social enterprises, impact investors, and global corporations making money while making a difference in their communities. I'm Jocelyn Hebda, and today on the show, how a West Coast clothing brand gained Southern market share and earned employee loyalty through a connection to their corporate social responsibility mission. Before I got into CSR full-time, I did what a lot of people have to do to pay the bills. I worked hourly jobs, juggling as many as three at once, and retail was a huge part of that. If you've never worked retail, let me tell you, it's not easy. Associates have to deal with unpredictable schedules, upset customers, and in my case, pressure to sell store credit cards. Store managers, too, need to motivate a revolving door of employees, minimize shrink, and make the store feel personal while adhering to corporate standards. What I'm trying to say is, it's rare to find a store that's part of a national brand where everyone loves going to work every day. But Matt Heinley, the store manager for Patagonia's Nashville location, has built a team that is loyal and excited to work all through the store's larger mission. As you'll hear in a minute, he doesn't pay his employees more than his competitors, and he doesn't expect any less from their work performance or sales goals. He's just helped them see that what they do during their four-hour shift is saving our home planet. It's a lesson in company culture that's applicable well beyond the retail store. But first, we start with Matt, growing up in rural Maryland, where he first found his love for our home planet. I grew up in uh, rural Maryland, um, about 45 minutes north of Baltimore, um, in the middle of the woods on the side of a hill, and that uh, laid the foundation for my environmental viewpoint in life. My parents were both teachers and just taught us from a young age to appreciate um, the earth as we found it and how to take care of it. And So I uh, moved to Tennessee uh, about 15 years ago. I um, worked for organizations that were really well known um, in the retail space. Um, did discount retail uh, for about seven years um, and kind of grew my career there and then moved into store management roles um, with a wholesale liquidation company that would buy overstock and um, and secondhand product from retailers and then instead of sending that to a landfill we would buy it and would sell it in our retail stores um, all throughout the southeast um, and then I did a little stint uh, as a, a general manager for a home decor company um, was super happy there. I loved my team and loved what I was doing um, and who I was doing it for. And I um, woke up in the middle of the night for no reason at two o'clock in the morning and pulled up my phone and happened to click on LinkedIn accidentally. And I saw this position posting that said, recommended for you store manager, Patagonia, Nashville. Um, so I thought I was still kind of dreaming and wasn't really sure <laughs> what was going on, but I looked at it again and it was still there. So I uh, grabbed my laptop and applied um, in the middle of the night and went back to bed. Went to work the next day, um, you know, told my wife, hey, I did this, but nothing's going to come of it. It's not a big deal. Um, so don't get your hopes up. And um, that same day, later that evening, I got a call from a California number and I just answered it and it ended up being uh, somebody on our recruiting team in Ventura and uh, they wanted to talk more about the position. So I went through that process and learned that they were opening a store in Nashville um, and was lucky enough to be um, 
selected to help kind of lead that process and lead the team here. Um, so I came on board just after the holidays, the first week of January of 2019, um, and spent a few weeks in a few of our different markets learning store operations and um, company culture and things like that. And then came back and started to build a team here in Nashville and get our store ready for opening, uh, which we did March 1st of 2019. Um, and here we are several months later, headed back into the, our first holiday season, which will be pretty exciting. What was it about Patagonia? You said, you know, I thought this was a dream. Don't take your hopes up. <laughs> I, I um, have been a longtime user of the, of the brand and a huge fan of um, the work that they do um, using business for good. Um, several years ago, I read our founder, Yvonne Schwenard, uh, wrote a book called Let My People Go Surfing. Um, and I read that book twice uh, several years ago and had always kind of put that on my um, list is, oh, if one day I could work for Patagonia, that would be such a great fit. Um, of course, thinking that either I would have to move to California or it would be this long, far-off pipe dream. There's, a, there's so many things that the company does that I have believed in since before I was an employee um, from how they make clothing and the fiber that we make it out of and the um, amount of recycled material that's used um, for the clothing that we sell. Um, for how we use business to do good and grant um, you know, millions of dollars to environmental groups all across the world um, and how we can use our retail stores as a hub for community activism and not just another place um, to, drive, to drive business. And the biggest part of that, or the biggest part of what excites me every day is that you know, when I go into work um, and think about what I need to accomplish that day, none of what I'm doing is increasing shareholder value. None of what I'm doing is... Um, is helping boost the portfolio of a hedge fund manager. Um, we are privately owned and that gives us the freedom to, to be who we want to be as a company and to do the work that we want to do. Um, and we changed our mission statement in January, in January of 2019 um, to be in business to save our home planet. And that really, you know, we use that every day to tie back the task at hand or the conversation that needs to take place or a decision that has to be made um, we always look to that mission statement as a guiding point and think through if we do option A, how is that going to help us live out that mission here in Nashville? Um, which is, you know, I wish that more people could get to have the experience that I have in doing that. And hopefully one day uh, we can set a model for them to follow. I want to pause here because that is a huge mission statement. In business to save our home planet. And mission statements should be huge. It's the driving force behind the impact you make and the legacy you leave with your business. You'll see a lot of times when a business adopts a new mission statement or CSR campaign, they roll it out, saturating every market they can reach with new stores, media campaigns, and a barrage of social engagement. With a statement as large as saving our home planet, you'd think you'd see a store on every corner. But Patagonia is different. We are very, very methodical about opening new stores. Um, Edward Abbey, I believe, is, uh, can be quoted saying that um, growth for growth's sake is the logic of the cancer cell. Um, our company is never going to grow just to get bigger, to, to increase our, our you know, financial success. Um, and we really look at using our stores as a hub for community activism. So when... You looked at Nashville, um, when the company looked at that before we opened a store here, 
we have great wholesale partners that have been selling our product in Nashville for decades. You know, Cumberland Transit and Mountain High and Fly South and, and countless others have sold our gear in Nashville. Um, our e-commerce presence was really strong here. Our online sales were really strong coming from this part of the country. Um, so it wasn't a decision made for any kind of financial reason, um, but we did see a gap here for um, us being able to use our platform to do good in the community. There are so many environmental nonprofit groups at work and have been at work here that just needed help um, getting their voices heard by the public. And if we can use ourselves as a conduit to connect our customer base to these groups doing that work, um, use our business to help vocalize some of the concerns um, that these environmental groups have been working on for so long, that's why we put a store here. Um, I don't know that you'll see very many other stores in the southeast now that we have two. Um, and that to me just is comforting to know that we're not going to open up and, um, you know, a super busy mall just to increase profit. We're, we're really going to be selective about where we do put a store and put them in communities where we can be a gift, where we can rehab an old building um, and use that as a gift to the community, which is something that's, that's laid in our foundation decades ago. Well, a lot of people were wondering if that was a cultural issue. Because being based out of California, and the majority of your stores are on the coast, mm -hmm. coming into you know the southeast or the flyover states, or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> has that been a challenge? I wouldn't say it's been a challenge. I think um, we, we opened a store um, a little over a year ago in Pittsburgh, which uh, I think you could say similar things. Like, why would Patagonia want to go into Pittsburgh? It's, you know, we're, we're known as a surf and alpine company. Um, uh, founded by a group of rock climbers um, and there's there's not really great surf in Pittsburgh nor is, nor is there a great alpine environment um, same can be said for Nashville um, but there were holes in those communities that needed to be or a void that needed to be filled in those communities to um, really increase environmental awareness and engage people that were hungry to be a part of that activism um, culture or activist culture um, we have a lot of stores in the Northeast. We have four in, in Manhattan alone, um, an outlet store in Maine, um, a store in Washington, D.C. And so we kind of, this part of the country was left pretty open. You know, little Atlanta was, was holding it down for a long time. Um, they're doing a great job. Um, but I think there's definitely a void in this area geographically. And we recognize that the groups that are doing such great work in Tennessee, and there's so much public land here um, that needs to be protected. And there are so many business practices that need to be changed in Tennessee and rivers to protect. Um, that it was a no-brainer for us to come in and help be a part of that. Patagonia is also different in that the company is a registered and verified B Corp. That means they have met the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance, public transparency, and loyal accountability to balance profit and purpose. But the regular person looking to buy a jacket probably doesn't know that, which is why before he even opened the store, Matt had to build in a lot of education for his customers and his team. Um, we've been granting money um, to this part of the country and groups in this part of the country long before our store was here. So our wholesale team um, has been granting money in Tennessee uh, long before we arrived. Um, now that we have a store here that allows us to really increase our, um, our grant process. So since we opened in March 1st, we've granted $49,000 to nine different groups 
um, just in the in the ten months that we've been open. Um, but before we opened, we actually held a we held a pint night with countless uh, nonprofit groups that we invited to come in so we could share the resources that we do have and how we could partner together. So our grant program is super strong. Um, Patagonia Action Works is a online interface that allows customers to connect with these groups, to donate, to look at volunteer opportunities. Um, and so that initial night, a few weeks before we opened, was our way of saying, hey, this is what we do bring to the table with the store. A lot of those nonprofits had worked with our wholesale team for years and were familiar with that process. They had worked with our district environmental coordinator for years, um, who's based in Washington, D.C., but oversees the whole eastern region. Um, so they were super familiar with the work that we could do. We kind of just came in to throw gasoline on that fire um, by putting a store here, and it gives us the resources and the manpower to, um, to really take that to the next level. I feel like our mission is, is known by a lot of people, and it's not known by a lot of people. There are still customers that come in every day that view us as just a trendy clothing brand. There are customers that come in um, that maybe are super familiar with who we are and what we do and want to help be a part of that. Um, and so I think that falls on our shoulders as a store team to have those conversations and engage with people every time that they come into the store. So if you come in and you're looking for a great rain shell that's going to keep you dry in the Smokies, we can kind of start to have a conversation of um, what do you already have in your closet that that we can complement and not replace? What do you uh, really, what is your end use with this product gonna be? Um, and then if it is to keep you dry on your hike, we can talk about where you're going and why that place is important and why it's important for us to work to protect it. Um, so we try to build those conversations in with every customer interaction. Not everybody wants to, <laughs> to sit there and talk about, you know, the birds and the trees for, for 20 minutes every time they come into a store. So we're, we're aware of that too. Um, but we really try to make it a, a point to share our mission with everybody that walks in the shop, um, regardless of what they're coming in for and where they're going. We want to make sure that we use that, that time to connect with them and engage them and hopefully inspire them to be an activist in their community, whether that's here with us or wherever it is that they're visiting from. And um, that's really why we're, we're in business to save our whole planet. And our biggest tool we have is the platform and showing other companies that you can still be profitable as a business um, and do good for the world, whether that's socially or environmentally. Um, you touched on the, the B Corp um, tie that we have. So a few weeks ago, we held an event with several other B Corp partners that are in this region. Um, Nisa Lowe and Rockridge Venture Law um, whiteboard, to name a few that were there. And we held this panel discussion to show other businesses and college students who are in business school at campuses across Nashville um, that you can use business to do good and you can put these parameters on yourself um, that kind of force you to change the way you operate because it's what's better for um, our society and our, the world that we live in um, and that there's so much more to being a business than turning a profit. Um, so a lot of that is showing other retailers that you can make clothing that is sustainably sourced. You can make clothing that can be repaired, and that repair is cool. We, <laughs> if it was up to us, I think we would, we would get rid of all paper receipts, recyclable or not, um, ask everybody to bring their own bag and um, repair every piece of clothing they have and not sell them another piece as, or put that off as long as we can. Um, and 
we really want to show not not only customers how to be a different consumer, but to show other um, apparel retailers how that they can do business differently as well. Um, our repair program is one that we're super well known for on social media. Um, Wear is a very, very popular um, Instagram site, and they do great work across the country with our Wear team. Um, but we also want to establish that repair culture in Nashville. There was a guy that came into the shop the other day, and he had a jacket that needed to be patched and said he was sick of um, his friends making fun of him for putting duct tape over the hole. And I said, well, <laughs> you don't need a new jacket. You need some new friends. So we, <laughs> we have to really try to change that culture to show that, um, you know, being a, an environmentally conscious consumer um, can hold power. And if that means putting a funky patch on your jacket and keeping that jacket out of a landfill and alive for another five years, then so be it. But how do you walk that line between don't buy more things you, you don't need anymore and we're a company that sells clothing? It's a really good question. That's a hard line to walk sometimes. Um, we can't do the things that we do if we're not um, financially healthy. I think a lot of that comes back to um, people trust that if they come into our shop, we're not going to sell them something they don't need. Um, it also means that our, our gear, because of the way that it's made, is going to cost a little bit more than it might somewhere else. Um, and so we really want to help people be conscious about what they buy um, and that they're going to come in and buy an item that they're going to be able to use in a multitude of functions in a lot of different environments. Um, Yvonne's quoted um, in Let My People Go Surfing is saying, um, you know, he wants to sell you a, a ski jacket that you can wear on the slopes and then you can also wear in a rainstorm in New York City. So finding those pieces that um, can serve you in a multitude of reasons, I would much rather sell you, you know, one jacket than sell you three or four different ones. Um, or sell you one sweatshirt that can be used in a multitude of environments than sell you, you know, three different sweatshirts that can do the same. You know, we, we do celebrate busy days in our store. Um, and it's easy to, to see a big sales number and to high five and say, hey, we had a great day. Um, but what we really want to focus in as a team and what I, I push our leadership team to do is really focus on what customer interactions do we have today that we can celebrate? What repairs did we do that's going to keep gear alive? Um, how many people came in looking for a new jacket that we were able to, to repair the one that they had and send that back out without there ever being a transaction? Um, I think it's learning how to celebrate all of those other aspects to the business and not just celebrating the, the sales number at the end of the day. Um, and learning how to treat those things that we do day in and day out that increase people's trust in us and who we are as a company and their environmental awareness um, and putting the impact and the emphasis on that and not just on the dollar amount that comes with the, the sales that we do make. Another reality of retail is that you're always looking for new talent. People take a sales associate position as a side gig, extra money around the holidays, or as one of many jobs they piece together into full-time income, like I did. But they don't tend to stay for long. They might leave because they're moving, or for better hours, or the stability of an office job. But the number one reason people leave a retail position is more money. Even if it's just a dollar more an hour. If you can't offer more money, you need something else, like a great store discount, benefits packages, or team camaraderie to make up for it. I asked Matt what he does to hold on to his hourly talent, and I was shocked to hear they don't even want to leave. 
Luckily, I've not seen them here. I, I saw them for 14 years in working in retail in Nashville. Um, at Patagonia, it's it's a much different philosophy. We joke internally, um, even though it's not a joke, that if you're looking to get rich, this is not the place to do it. Um, we talk about that in our interview process. Um, and we really are lucky enough to have a huge candidate pool to pick from. It allows us to be stringent and make sure that we are finding people that are here for the mission and here for being a part of the culture that we're building and not here for just who's paying the highest wage. Um, and I think that has really allowed us to build um, a really robust and diverse and, and strong-willed team here in Nashville um, because they're here for the right reasons. And if you're here looking for a job and you're just chasing you know, who's going to give you the highest hourly rate, um, we're not going to be that person, but we'll help you <laughs> maybe find a company that will fit that need for you. But we really focus on um, all the other factors of why somebody wants to work with us here at Patagonia Nashville. I think it's because our team is bought into the mission that we're here to do. Um, a lot of that goes down to how we treat our employees. I mentioned earlier that um, you know my boss um, lives far away from, from here, but he's not breathing down my neck every day. Um, our district environmental coordinator lives in Washington, D.C., and she is such a solid partner for us. She trusts us to live that mission out here in Nashville, and she's there as a resource and not there to, to micromanage every step that we take. And, and that, my personal management philosophy or leadership philosophy, I hate that word, management, is based on that fact of making sure that I'm there as a resource for my team and that we are all resources for each other and that um, I brought them in for a reason because the skills that, bring, that they bring to the table are skills that are gonna allow them to really fulfill their role and execute their role um, and help us live out that mission statement day in and day out. So a lot of it comes down to just the trust that's built between our employees and the trust that we have um, for each other that no matter who is there that day, um, we'll be able to, to you know, operate the store successfully, have great customer interactions, and live out that mission. Being a store associate can be honestly grueling sometimes. <laughs> it can, yeah. You're on your feet for hours talking with people and sometimes you maybe don't feel like talking to people Con like folding refolding hanging things dressing rooms all of that how do you keep that tied to the mission we strive um you know even when we have uh, interview conversations with potential candidates um, who have applied we ask that same question to them in the interview that you just asked me so it may feel redundant having to refold the same stack of recycled cashmere sweaters on a saturday um, it may feel really overwhelming when we only have three registers and we have you know multiple people in line at each. Um, but we ask that same question of how do we tie every task that we do in the store back to our mission statement, which is to save our home planet. Um, <clears throat> does folding that stack of recycled cashmere sweaters will allow a customer who might buy non-recycled cashmere somewhere else understand that our gear is high quality, that our clothing is high quality, even though it's made in a sustainable way, um, that it will you know, allow them to wear a piece of clothing for a really long time that they can trust will last. Um, and that will keep other you know, sweaters out of the landfill that have to be replaced over and over and over again. It sounds unbelievable that hourly workers would accept lower pay just because of a mission statement, but there's data backing this up. In 2019, 
A Glassdoor survey found that 56% of workers ranked corporate values as more important than income. And it matters more for workers aged 18 to 34, which just so happens to be the average age range for entry-level retail. So when building his team, Matt focused on driving home Patagonia's mission to save our home planet, and the workers came in believing they made a difference with every shift. But there was one moment in particular when Matt saw that his team embodied his larger purpose. I think the first time that it really hit home to me uh, was a few months after we opened, we had our first um, team grants meeting. So throughout the year, usually twice a year, um, nonprofit organizations can apply for our retail grants program um, and give us proposals as to what they'll use that grant money for and how it ties back to fighting the climate crisis here in Nashville. And a few months after we opened, we held our first grants meeting as a team. So our team will get together, we'll have dinner, and we will sit there and each team member will present a different grant proposal and then we'll talk about it as a team. And we have a whiteboard and we'll go through and we'll, we'll kind of narrow down um, that grant pool to ones that we can really feel are, are doing great work um, or, or doing work that it needs to be funded to fight the climate crisis here. So at that first meeting, I remember us getting into a, a pretty heated debate because we had, you know, 10 grant proposals and they were all wonderful and they were all groups that we want to support. Um, but we had to narrow it down. And so our team was, was talking and really hashing this out. And I will never forget just sitting back and listening to that chaos and thinking, you know, this is why we're here. This team is so fired up to, um, to tie everything we do into that mission statement. We are, we're not fighting over um, how we can increase shareholder value. We're not arguing about how to further sales. They are this passionate about giving away what amounted to be almost $30,000. And that, that, I think, was the first time. Um, the second time that it hit home for me is we had a store manager meeting um, this past summer where we took all of our store managers and district managers and retail ops folks um, to a camp in Wisconsin. And, um, you know, that is not a cheap endeavor to bring all these people together for a week. And at the end of that week, it finally hit home to most of us that the entire time that we were there, all of the scheduled meetings and workshops and activities that we did all week long, not one focused on product, not one focused on sales, and not one focused on store performance. Every minute that we spent at that camp in Wisconsin was focused on living out our mission statement in the, in the markets that we're in and building teams that are bought into our culture and making sure that we're able to reach and include a diverse group of people that are passionate about saving the world. And it was really clear to me that I'd found, um, you know, the place where I want to grow old for, <laughs> for a while. Coming up on one year of operations for the Nashville store, what are you looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to really increasing our our events program and really focusing on helping spread environmental activism and turning our customers into environmental activists in their everyday lives. That you know, we have had some really great events that have spawned some really great discussion around <clears throat> how we can use our presence in Nashville to continue to do good and to kind of amplify 
Um, and I'm really excited about where we can take that in this next year. You know, this first year has been such a learning process for me being newer to the company. It's been a, a learning process for our team who a lot of them didn't have a ton of retail experience before they came in. Um, so now that we've kind of found some stable ground and we've got our feet under us, I think we can really dig into um, to joining in on a lot of the great work and, and even a greater scale than we have already. We're coming up on uh, the most important election cycle of my lifetime thus far. And um, I'm really excited to be able to help, you know, educate and, and empower our customers with knowledge of ensuring that we, um, that we do put some power and put some weight behind candidates that will fight for the planet the same way that we fight for the planet as a business. Um, so I'm really excited about uh, being a part of that and helping um, hopefully turn turn our, our government back into a little bit more eco-friendly. And with every episode, I asked Matt, what does it mean to be a good business? Whew, that's a heavy question. Um, to me, good business means being in business for the right reasons and using your voice and using the resources that you do have to do good in the world. Um, good business is really easily, or can be easily, um, seen as just a financially successful company. Um, and I don't really buy into that. I don't believe that. I think a good business is um, a place that can use the platform that they have and use the resources that they have to do good in the world, whether it's social or environmental. Um, it also is providing a place and a culture where people can come and feel valued and empowered um, to do their job and to be an activist in their community and for a long time, it, I was afraid that that didn't exist in the world. And um, now I know that it does ex- exist, I just hadn't found it yet. That's Matt Heinley, Nashville store manager for Patagonia. If you want to learn more about upcoming in-store events or the research we cited in this episode, we'll link to that in our Facebook page, at Doing Good Pod. Thanks for listening to our show. We greatly appreciate you rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. That helps us know what you like and others find the show. I'm Jocelyn Hebda, and you've been listening to Doing Good.